This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the November 29th, 2022 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Quick hitters. Don Lemon says he doesn't think CNN was ever liberal. Putin outsourced some of the fighting in Ukraine to the Wagner Group. Philip Obagi Jr. has a piece titled Putin's Prison Recruiting Scheme Takes a Big Desperate Turn. According to the article, the Wagner Group had prisoners, including rapists and murderers, released from jails in the Central African Republic and sent to fight in Ukraine. Trump is getting trash for having a meal with Nick Fuentes and Kanye West because they are accused of being anti-Semitic. I'm careful about being sued, so I said accused, but it seems like they, have made, they may have tried hard to earn the anti-Semitic accusations. Possible Speaker of the House Andrew McCarthy is getting trashed for saying he would not allow Ilhan Oman to be on the U.S. House Judiciary Committee because she is anti-Semitic. I think she has also earned that accusation. I understand people saying Trump should not have met with Kanye and Fuentes, though I also know Trump's daughter and several of his grandchildren are Jewish. What I don't understand is the double standard. A Democratic congressman from Virginia died. I did not realize that when a vacancy occurs, a governor can appoint a replacement for a senator, but not for the House of Representatives. Replacing a member of the House requires a special election, so the seat will be vacant for a bit. Moving on. I'm not a fan of feelings for making a decision, but I am a fan of your gut. My definition of going with your gut is, after considering the facts and thinking about it, letting your subconscious process the facts and speak to you. Could be bullshit. Anyway, that was the thought I had when I was looking at the presidential landscape for 2024. My gut said Biden will be the Democratic nominee in 2024. It does seem like Democrats are settling in for Biden. I think Gavin Newsom said he would not run. They will probably have an in-case-of-emergency-break-glass backup plan, but Biden may be the man. Could be my feelings more than the, my gut, but I just have a tough time seeing Trump making it to the nomination. He could have. After the 2020 election, he could have been a Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams and claimed the election was stolen, but just not as often or as vociferously. He could have done a bit of self-reflection, dialed it back a bit, and thought about what he wanted to accomplish if re-elected. Maybe he did spend time reflecting, and his conclusion came back to, me, 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 I am the greatest. His act may wear thin as the primaries approach in 14 months, and Republican voters may turn elsewhere. But as I write this, I am worried and wonder if the 2024 primary for president may turn out a bit like the 2022 midterms. Democrats will support Trump in the nomination because Trump is who they want to run against. And we will have a Biden-Trump sequel. Jonathan Turley has a piece titled Zero Tolerance. Survey finds 33 of 65 academic departments lack a single Republican professor. Reading this article makes me think I may need to redefine this podcast. I tend to be attracted to stories that I view as threats to our country. One of those threats is education, which is under assault. Maybe if you are liberal, you view education as being protected from dangerous views. 
but history is not kind to groups that discourage alternative points of view. And I come from an education family. My brothers and I all graduated college and average a master's degree each. My parents the same. My grandparents include a college graduate, a two-year college teaching degree, and at least one of the remaining two graduated high school. Back then, high school meant something. One graph I found showed that only 9% graduated high school in the early 1900s, when they would have been of high school age. Anyway, not that the information is new, but Turley shares that a study found many academic departments do not have a single Republican. The same survey found that 10 times as many professors, quote, identified as Democrat based on their political party registration or voting history, end quote. What struck me was they were not talking Harvard and Berkeley, but colleges in Ohio, Nebraska, North Carolina, Georgia, New York, Oklahoma, and Alaska. Mr. Turley says in the 80s, quote, faculties were undeniably liberal, but contained a significant number of conservative and libertarian professors. It made for a healthy and balanced intellectual environment. Today, such voices are relatively rare and faculties have become political echo chambers, leaving conservatives and Republican students increasingly afraid to speak openly in class. End quote. Folks, that sucks. And I don't think college professors are mostly liberal because the conservative candidates sucked. I'm sure some did. Mr. Turley addresses this and also a similar issue at law schools. He discusses a senior editor at a legal site who says there are few conservative liberal professors because liberal legal views are based on real law and conservative views are based on junk law. For example, Turley says that this editor, Joe Patrice, calls Chief Justice John Roberts racist, quote, because of his objection to race-based criteria in admissions as racial discrimination. He explained that hiring a conservative academic was akin to allowing a believer in geocentrism, or that the sun orbits the earth, to teach at a university, end quote. One more Turley quote, quote, it is that easy. You simply declare that conservative views shared by a majority of the Supreme Court and roughly half of the population are not acceptable to be taught, end quote. As important as education has been to my family, I'm at the point I wonder if our tax dollars should no longer go to support colleges and universities. And I want some colleges to start emphasizing and marketing viewpoint diversity. Compete on that. This is not my preferred path, but I am tired of unilateral disarmament. Let's take a walk down memory lane. Starting around 2009, a grassroots political movement started. It was called the Tea Party. Quoting from Wikipedia, quote, Members of the move movement called for lower taxes and a reduction of the national debt and fe federal budget deficit through decreased government spending. The movement supported small government principles and opposed government-sponsored universal health care, end quote. The left and their media considered the Tea Party to be an existential threat. Okay, I probably exaggerated on that last one, but maybe not too much. The Tea Party and many of its subgroups registered, maybe the word is organized, as 501c4 groups. That references the tax code statute. 
the IRS seemed to fight this and acted in a way that I felt was illegal. Much was made of the use of the tax code in this way by Republican groups. Not much had been made by similar Democratic groups in years past making use of the same 501c4 code for registering. Why do I bring this up? It forms the basis for a prediction, but first, I need to lay more of the foundation. Ballot harvesting was a controversial practice. In fact, in North Carolina, a congressional race was overturned because of illegal ballot harvesting. But now, ballot harvesting is specifically legal in 27 states and not mentioned by law in 13 states. In California in 2018, where ballot harvesting had recently been enshrined in law, Republicans felt good on Election Day about prospects in a number of House races that later were lost. Some blamed late absentee ballots that seemed to have arrived via ballot harvesting. I am against ballot harvesting because it seems easier to cheat. Further, I just like the idea of us all voting on the same day. Brings back images of Iraqis when they got the right to vote after Saddam Hussein was booted. When they voted, they dipped their finger in permanent ink so they could not vote twice that day. Note, we should do that in Chicago where the motto is vote early, vote often. Anyway, the Iraqis with their ink-stained finger had pride that they had voted. But I digress. If ballot harvesting is legal and done properly, then so be it. Democrats have done a much better job of ballot harvesting. Good for them. The rules allow it, and they played the game according to the rules, kind of like when Democratic groups organized as 5014Cs. In the next election, Republicans are going to play a lot of catch-up on ballot harvesting, and it will affect some elections. My prediction is when Republicans harvest ballots, that will be reported by the gobbledygook media as an existential threat to our democracy. No way, you say, could the media complain about Republican ballot harvesting when Democrats have been doing it. Watch them. Much like the outcry over Republicans late in the game filing as 5014Cs. Is the above down in the weeds? Yes, but that's where the action is. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.